You were listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me to, on our weekly meeting uh, from Sobriety to Recovery. My name is Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. I have to say that slow because I've tried saying it fast, and it sounds like this. I am Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. And I don't think that it's very audibly uh, pleasant to the ears to say it that way. So if you wonder why I enunciate so clearly there, it's because I've tried saying this off the mic, and it just doesn't sound good if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to have you here. Thank you again for joining me. Getting this one a little bit late. I was away um, for Easter weekend doing my thing and had some really awesome times taking care of some business. And something came up that I thought was a very important topic to be spoken about. And when the, I, I dealt with a person who decided to hate on some of the things that I was working on and more really hating on them because of the person I was working on them with. Uh, my friend Christy, if you've ever seen her on uh, any of my Facebook Lives or my Instagram Lives, uh, Christy Kendall, she's amazing. I've been working with her for the last couple of months. She's turned into a dear friend. I'm very happy to have her in my in my zone, my inner circle, if you will. And we had done a an event together, and uh, one of her business partners decided to say some things that basically he came out and was saying that what we did was a failure because there wasn't enough people at the event, and then when we sold a workshop for the next day, that not enough people showed up, and he was just he was saying that it was a failure, and he was he was actually using time as one of the time and money as one of the reasons why it was a failure. Only three people paid for the three hour workshop, and then um, you know she. She's been working on this off and on now for two years, but really hammering at it for the last year or so. And according to him, it was a failure because it wasn't bringing in the kind of money he expected it to, to bring in. And what I want to talk about, guys, is that, one, no one has the damn right to tell you that what you're doing is failing uh, if you're putting your whole self into it and it's for the right reasons for why you're doing it, right? Um, one of the things I remember coming across not too long ago was a meme on Instagram that I, I, I looked everywhere for it. I couldn't find it, but I'll, so I'll paraphrase it. But it basically was like, no one ahead of you will talk shit about where you are if you're behind them, right? And why this is really important to me, and I remember reading it thinking, yeah, that in my entire life, the only people I've ever heard um, come up with negative things about what I'm doing or want to talk crap about what it is I'm accomplishing um, are people who, in a sense, are behind, right? Because if somebody's ahead of you, they're not going to turn around and be like, oh, you're only that far. You're only, you're only got this, month, this many months of sobriety. You've only got this much time. Oh, you can only lift this many weights. Like, at the gym, the people who are the most supportive, the people who will spot me, the people who will give me advice if I ask for it, the people who will stop and ask me how my day are going, are the dudes who are way bigger than me. Right. If I go and start trying to talk up somebody who's smaller than me or isn't lifting as much weights and ask them, inevitably, it's like it becomes this tit for tat, toe for toe. Let's see who's better. Let's see who can lift more weights. You know, they'll be the ones who be like, how much you bench? How much you how much you curl? How much you squat? And I'm like, I just wanted to see if you would spot me on the incline bar. I OK, weirdo, I'll go over there now and not talk to you anymore. And. It really, uh, and I've noticed this, and I and I, and I really have seen enough of a pattern to think that this is 
a lot about the way that it is. And Gary Vee even talks about this, and you've heard me quote this guy before. He's all about working harder and hustle, hustle, push, push, push. And he's even said that those that are working, you know, those that are, I'm using quotes here, quote unquote ahead of you. And you know, what, what are you using as the measuring stick there? Money, the amount of time they have, how big their business is, how big their muscles are, how beautiful their significant other is, how fancy their car is. I mean, these are some of, a lot of these are superficial, but it could even work if you're talking about people who are spiritually enlightened. You know, you won't ever find someone who's been doing yoga for five years, talk crap about the way that you're doing downward dog. If you, if you tell them you've only been doing it for four months or eight months or a year, right? Like go in, go into one of those classes where everyone's been doing it for 10 years. And I can assure you, they're not mocking you behind your back because you're not doing things right. That, that's that one, that seems like it would go against all the Zen that they're taught in yoga class. But two, people want to see people who are ahead, want to see other people trying hard. The only people trying to hold you back are the people behind you. Right, because that's they're, they're the ones reaching on your collar of your shirt, trying to pull you back to, to, toward back toward them, because they don't want to see other people passing them. Right, you're never going to hear someone. You're just not like test this theory. Comment on social media and tell me if I'm wrong. Right, tell me if you're you know, in the, unless you're just around a narcissistic crazy person, which I guarantee you those people exist in your world, and so. Those people will just, they'll just say whatever they want to say to always make themselves the center of the story, to always make themselves seem bigger and better. But one of the reasons why they're doing that is because deep down inside, they know that they're not ahead of anyone. So they got to do something to make themselves feel better. So today we're going to talk about the three keys that I've come up with in order to make sure that the haters, don't let them hate. You're not going to be able to stop that. You see these pop artists and the, the Katy Perry gets in fight with Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande is in, in a beef with, I don't know, Cardi B or somebody. I don't even know. I don't I, I, I Maybe I see it on the cover of a magazine or I hear about it on Twitter. I don't know. But it's the, it's to me, it's like you both are such huge megastars with $100 million in your bank account and millions of followers who will follow you to the ends of the earth and come see you in concert. Like, And you're going to drag each other down? Uh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't get that, and right, and that's a hard one to measure. You know what? Oh, your album, your song only sold 1.5 million singles on iTunes. Mine sold 1.6 million, so I'm going to talk shit about that. So I don't get why those people do it. All right, I don't. But let's just talk about us normal, not crazy, uber rich, famous people with tens of thousands of screaming fans adoring us. Let's just talk about what it is you're doing in your life. Let's talk about what it is I'm doing in mine, and what it is we are accomplishing within our sobriety and recovery. Okay, at no point would I ever go to a meeting and somebody's like, "I'm on day three and this," and they start to get emotional and they're they're sharing. It, no one is sitting there talking shit about them. Everyone's patting them on the back, saying, "You're doing a great job. This is awesome. So happy for you!" Right? Like that's that's how these things go. People are supportive because they remember a time when they needed the support. They remember a time whenever they were just starting off. And they're like, yeah, let's let's encourage this person. Let's let's get them knowing that they can too. They too can accomplish this, right? Because that's just the way humans want to do things. And so, right? I mean, you'd you'd hope. You know, I, I don't want to go off on a little tangent here, but you'd you'd certainly hope that people want to want to 
pick other people up. They want to encourage. So let's say that you find someone who doesn't. And you can't just get it into your head that that person's a dick and that person can't learn and that person doesn't want to show up for other people. That person's a narcissist. That person's whatever. I apologize. I've already used profanity a couple times and my penchant is not to do that on the microphone. But this guy got me really fired up. And one of the things I remember looking over at him and being like, I don't work with people who tell me that what I'm working on is a failure. Like this guy wanted to do some things in the future. I don't want to have anything to do with him at all. I he's associated with Christy, and so therefore it will he I will see him, right? And if she's working on something with him, and she wants me to come in, as long as she's the conduit of that work, and I can be working with her, then this will work for me. But it's not going to work for me to just work with this guy one on one. There's nothing about him that seemed encouraging. Right? He's dogmatic. He's rude. He talks down to people. He's verbally bullying. I don't play that game. I am 42 years old. No. No, 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 no. I have worked too hard on my sobriety and recovery to start being around and working with people who don't get it, people who want to treat others rudely so that they can feel better about themselves. No. So let's say you come across someone like this. All right. There's, here's my three keys. All right. Emotional self-regulation. Key number two, ask yourself, why are they saying this? And key number three, control the amount of information you're giving them about what you are doing. Right now, I'm not saying that these are all of them, but I'm certainly saying that these three are extremely important to me. Emotional self-regulation. I talked about this last week, and I want to bring it up again because I think it's super, super, super important. Okay? I've since rearranged them a little bit, but emotional self-regulation is not allowing positive or negative emotions to completely, you know, to completely derail you right? It's a being able, most people don't think of positive emotions derailing you, but back in the day, think about it. You got super happy. You felt like you accomplished something. You hit the bottle, right? So positive emotions have the ability to take you off of a course that you were on, right? Like I don't celebrate every little victory I have in my given day, weeks, or months. I do stop and acknowledge myself for the hard work, but I I also think, okay, well, that's great. That's done. Let's do a little self-care. Let's do a little self-congratulations, but then let's move on and and let's focus, right? A football player, you know, jumping around all over the place because they score a touchdown with five minutes into a game is, means very little. There's still a whole lot more time to be playing, right? Let's, let's get, let's, let's, let's get our emotions in check and let's get our head back in the game. So there's four steps to emotional self-regulation. And back last week, I had them in a different order. This is the new order, and this is the way I like to see it. It's attitude. What is the attitude you want to have when you're interacting with this person who's, who's saying negative things towards you? What's the intention you want to have with this interaction? What's the attention? What's the action you're going to have within this interaction that's going to make that intention play out the way you wanted it to, that's going to back up the attitude you chose to take when you got into this interaction. And then number four, what are the distractions that will cause you to lose your attention, not making the intention, which will derail your attitude, right? This guy in this conversation telling me that the event that I was a part of was a failure and that what we were doing wasn't successful enough in his his eyes can go to hell. I don't care what things look like in his eyes. I care what they look like in my eyes. I care what they look like in the eyes of the people who are attending the event. Did I give them value? Did I help them grow? Did I give them information they did not have previously that now will help them accomplish things that previously they thought they could not? Yes, 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 and yes. Okay? 
So the attitude I went into with this guy, knowing that when he showed up for dinner that there was going to be some verbal bullying, was my attitude was going to be that of positive and confidence because I know that what I'm doing is good and I'm confident in my actions. The intention I set was to not say anything rude to him and to be in control of my emotions. And there was even a time where I had to say, let me stop. I'm getting emotionally triggered. Let me just pull back and breathe a little bit. And that's whenever I said, I will not work with someone who tells me that the things I'm working on are failures. The attention that I gave within this interaction was that of being polite and respectful. And that was the action I took. The action was a polite words and respectful because I wasn't going to stoop down to where he was. And the distractions were just his words coming at me because they were emotionally triggering me because this guy likes to bully. So ask yourself when you get into one of these situations and somebody starts telling you that what you're doing isn't good enough, that what you're putting all your effort into, it could be photography, it could be, it could be stand-up comedy, it could be taking up painting, it could be cooking, right? Somebody's like, oh, what is that dish? That looks ugly. I don't, then don't eat it. Go eat your own thing then, right? So think about your emotional self-regulation whenever you get into these, these times where people are hate, doing their hate or want to hate. What attitude are you going to take that makes you live in, of integrity? What's the intention? Set an intention in every interaction. I'm going to offer value to this person. I'm going to be loving towards them. I'm going to be caring towards them. I'm going to show them support because they need it. Whatever your intention in that interaction is, is extremely important that you set it because that'll back up the attitude you chose to have getting into it. What's the actions? What is the attention you're giving within this interaction to make sure that it goes the way that you're choosing it to go? And then what are the distractions? And again, be very mindful of people trying to use words to get you to emotionally trigger and say something that you'll regret or stoop to their level because then that's, that's in their eyes that they've won. Once they get you emotional, they win. Think of how many times in an interaction, perhaps you've been in a fight and an argument and somebody starts using words they know are going to trigger you. And next thing you know, you're freaking out. Maybe you want to hit them. Maybe you want to throw things at them, but you definitely are not acting the way that you set out to act because they got to you. Their words were their distraction. All right? Attitude, intention, attention, distraction. Go over to Podbean, check these out in the show notes. I've got it listed all right there. And you can go back to episode 15 and learn more about this. Number two, and this is extremely important, ask yourself, why are they saying these negative things to you? Some of my little, some of my, in my show notes here, I've got to make themselves feel better, to keep you down. They're used to the way things were or are. Right? They're being manipulative, right? self-hate. They're seeing you succeed or they're seeing something in you that causes them to hate themselves. Right? Jealousy is a, is, a, is a bunch of bullshit, but let's face it, it's there. It happens. Right? And they, they know by holding you back, they get to keep you around. Right? It, it, this is one of the reasons why people who stop drinking stop hanging out with their drinking friends, why people who stop abusing food stop hanging out with, their, with, their, with the friends who aren't monitoring their nutritional strategy. Right? You, you mean, if you're trying to lose weight, you're probably not going to keep hanging out with your friends who want to go wolf down happy hour, fried foods, and pizza. Right? But if they see you succeed, they, they, then they have to question why they are not succeeding the way you are. And that, that burns people. So better to talk a bunch of smack to keep you back so they don't have to question themselves. And this really saddens me whenever I see this happening within a close circle of friends or when I see this happening uh, within a family unit because the family unit has gotten used to the way things were, right? They're used to dealing with drunk dad or drunk brother or drunk uncle. 
And now when you stand up and become the person you were always meant to be, now you throw this metaphorical boat that, every, that everybody's been in with you. You throw it off kilter. Now everyone else has to stand up and they have to learn a new way to balance. So there's a part of me that says you, that prepare them for this. And if these people are going to talk smack, well, you've already tried to quit five other times and it hasn't worked. Well, then you just you, then at some point, and we're going to get into this about in, in step three, but you have to understand why are they saying this because of past history? Then you can either tell them that things are different now and then stand by your word or understand that there's a reason why they held a little bit of doubt or a lot of bit of doubt. And then you need to go out there and prove your actions every single day. And yes, it sucks that for 79 straight days, you can always make your appointments and always hold, make your meetings on time. And then you make one late. And then it's like, ah, oh, I remember this version of you. But if, you're, if this version of you is showing up sober and in recovery, then you can say, look, in normal life, people are going to show up late. So in my sobriety and recovery, it's going to happen from time to time. I'm going to make a promise and not be able to keep it. I'm going to have an excuse instead of a reason. All right, and if if you haven't gone back and listened before, excuses are reasons that could have been avoided. So if if somebody's like, "That's an excuse," well, actually, I left you know the meeting. I left the house an hour early for a meeting that was only thirty minutes away, and then a deer ran out and got into a fight with a polar bear in the middle of the street. And so I'm sorry, I'm late. That's a reason you left with plenty of time. Now um, you sh- you leave. 29 minutes before a meeting that's 30 minutes away and you didn't leave time for parking and walking and getting there and settled, now you're using excuses. So if people are coming at you with what you used to be and you failed them multiple times in their eyes, then expect a little bit of pushback. But regulate how often you're around that person until you've got some time under your belt. And they're trying to throw this, well, look look at you, you're late. Just like old drunk Jesse was always late. Well, sober people are late too. That's going to happen from time to time. I don't think that my sobriety and recovery should be thrown under the bus simply because I was late. And I'm just using that as a generic example, but I guarantee you in your own mind right now, you can find examples where people are trying to refer to who you were, even though you're new or even though you've been, I'm sorry, not because you're new, even though you're in sobriety and recovery and you've been working your butt off and they're going to try to say that something you just did was you being the same old you when you can be like, no, this is what other people do. This is what you normals do. People, I see people show up late. I see people break promises. You don't want to be one of those people, but just understand that it's going to happen. And don't allow them to hold you back, keep you down, uh, make up excuses about why they should be allowed to treat you a certain way because of who you used to be. That is not tolerable anymore. You are, you are in this, and you are in this to win this cliche alert. So do not allow people to become haters and talk smack to you about the way things were. And understand there's a manipulative behavior that's going on there. You know, I mean, eyes wide open here. Make sure that you aren't doing things that allow them to say these things, but also don't allow whatever they say to trigger a thought that causes a feeling within you. You control how you feel based on the thoughts. Someone says you're a lazy ass, but you know you've been getting up and you've been busting it at the gym and you've been eating right and you've been showing up to work on time and you've been standing up for yourself and you've been holding on your promises and you've been there and like you know you're doing things right, then they can call you whatever they want. You know it's not true. The only time it burns is whenever you think that there is a modicum of truth in that statement. And if, you, if there is, 
If there's a piece of truth in what they're saying to you, then you need to pinpoint where in your behaviors that, that is, and then you need to correct it. But people trying to hold you back and say that what you're doing is failing, if you know you're giving it your all, and look, you're, everybody's allowed to have a day where they, where, where they, where they put a little bit more attention to, to this or that or the other. Not every day can I be sitting here hammering out podcasts and hammering out programs and life coaching. Like There's got to be some time where I go lay out in the sun, where I go eat a pizza instead of eat broccoli, wherever I, where, where maybe uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are gym days, but Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday are chill days. Right, you got to allow yourself for that time to, to get to where you want to go. So that brings me to number three: control the amount of information you are giving them about what you are doing. Now, this is a little bit more tough if your boss is the one who's bullying you. All right, because I put that in here. What if you work with them? All right, then I mean, can, how much can you control the output that you give towards someone? All right, I was a huge proponent of not telling anyone other than my inner circle here in Los Angeles that I was sober until I had six months in. And on my on my 40th, 41st birthday, 41st birthday, I think it was June 2017. So yeah, 41st. That's whenever I announced it on Facebook. But I wanted to make sure I had six months in so that I wasn't, you know, I mean, with that, so basically I wouldn't have people questioning whether I was serious about this or not. Right, so wait till you have some momentum if it's something you're working on. Don't tell somebody, "Oh, I have this amazing idea. I'm going to open up a food truck and only sell a juiced lobster tail." Don't tell people that so that they can throw their negative energy on your idea. If it's something you desperately want to do, if it's something that you know you're meant to be doing, if you desire this in your life, then go do it. Go do it and don't talk about it until you've got some movement in it. Then people are like, oh, yeah, I run a, I run, I've been juicing lobster tails for three months. I'm making $2,000 a week. Oh, well, I mean, who can talk smack about your juicing lobster tail idea now? Okay? And if this isn't working, if, if, if holding back information and controlling the, the information you give to them and, and waiting until you have some momentum, if that's not working, then you have to talk to them about the way they're treating you. And if they don't want to listen, then you just keep talking. And at, at some point... And again, I get that work and family can be tough, but you have to eliminate them from your zone. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Gary Vee even talks about it. If there are toxic people in your life, you're going to have to eliminate them to truly succeed the way that you want to. That doesn't mean that you never have to talk to your, one of your family members again. It doesn't mean you never have to talk to a friend again. But if you need to step away from them and, and clear your zone so there's only positive energy in it, then you're going to have to do that. If it's someone you work with, then be around them less. Talk to your boss and say, look, I, I want to go work over here. This person, they're not helping the situation. If it is your boss, then you go talk to them about the way that you're treating you. And if it's not working out, go find another job. I've said this before to people at a conference and they're like, oh, it's not so easy for me to leave my job and I'm stuck in this. And I got to mortgage this and mortgage that and I got bills to pay and this, that and the other. And I'm just like, okay, you're just going to keep negating what I'm saying. Then just keep living in this misery that you're in. Because there are plenty of people out there who, who, who have left jobs after years to go find another one because they can no longer handle the work environment. There are plenty of people who stopped talking to their parents or their loved ones or their siblings for a couple months so they could get themselves in order, get themselves stronger, get some momentum in their life, and then come back around. And if you have to continue to monitor it because it's just constant energy that, that you don't want in your zone, then that's what you have to do. 
And yeah, it's a super bummer if every time you want to call this one particular person that all they do is complain and you no longer get to be, you know, you no longer get to be friends with them. But you then you have to ask, what is the secondary gain you have from being around someone who just spews negativity towards you all the time? If they're unwilling to change and that's all you're trying to do is change, then you're going to have to change the people around you to truly change. You can't continue to go through life doing the same stuff that got you in the situation you're currently in. No amount of positive memes on Instagram, no amount of positive motivational speeches from me is going to get a true radical change in your life if you're not willing to make true radical changes in your life. Being around people who want to hold you back, talk smack about what you're trying to do, tell you that you're not doing good enough, tell you that you're never going to be good enough, tell you, you know what? That, that, no. No. That is not allowable. And what really hurts me is whenever I see divorced couples do this because there's a kid involved. So you get one of them talking, talking trash about the other one to the kid Right, and then whenever you go, they're they're making life hell just because that's what they want to do, and it's really it really sucks. And in those situations, I just say your emotional self regulation is key. That person's got their own nonsense that they got to deal with, and that has nothing to do about you, nothing to do about you. Let me repeat that: it has nothing to do about you, and everything to do about them. Forgiveness isn't for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. So if you've done something to wrong them and they refuse to forgive you, then that's something on them. Forgive them for all their misdeeds. Forgive them for all their shortcomings. Look at them, hold them, embrace them, whatever it takes to get through to them that you are ready to move on and grow in a different direction with or without them. And if it's just going to be nothing but negative, 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 then look, I will call you when it's my turn to take the the kid and then love that kid. And do everything you can to make sure that the other parent's not brainwashing your kid to think one way. Teach them a growth mindset. Teach them a loving mindset, an open-mindedness, an inclusion of everyone around them. Teach them that other people do things that aren't always great. People will do bad things. But you, that you open your heart and you forgive. Because that is, the, that is the true way of releasing the negativity, releasing the anger. Holding on to anger and resentment and grief and suffering and pain is no way to go through life, guys. It is not. And regardless of where you're at in your sobriety and recovery, you know you've heard this before. And you know you want to step into a, a, a place where you can truly believe that. And that's the way you can start behaving. And I encourage you to do so immediately. People sitting there and telling you that what you're doing is a failure, that, that is on them. That is on them. They either want to make you do what they want you to do, and then if it doesn't succeed, they're going to blame it on you and say you didn't get the message clearly, you didn't work hard enough. Nada. Don't do it. Strike out on your own and do your own thing. And yes, people are going to help you along the way. It doesn't mean that you can just hole up in your room and you're the only one working on your lobster tail juicing bar. Like you're going to need people. You're going to need customers. You're going to need people to help market it. You're going to need Twitter to stay in business so that you can tell people where your juicing truck is. You're going to need Instagram to stay in business so you can post awesome pictures of your lobster tail juice truck. These are things you're going to need, but you do not need this negative A but telling you that you can't do it. I will never work with that person for the rest of my life. Unless they come back and they change their attitude and they're willing to change their belief structure. Because I don't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. 
I'm going to talk more about this in another episode because I'm coming to the end of my time because this isn't done. I, I just, I know other people are being talked to this way. And for me, I have done a lot of self-work. I've done a lot of self-care. I've done a lot of personal transformation and self-growth. I'm blessed that I am a master practitioner in neuro-linguistic programming, that I am a life coach, that I'm a lifestyle architect. I am blessed that I have put in thousands of hours to be able to push back that negative energy. And I insist that you do too, that you put in that time and that you put in that effort. Because I promise you, it is way over here in happy land with a growth mindset, with a positive vibration. The universe brings, you attract what you send out into the universe. You send out negativity and BS, expect that low vibration to come back at you. You send out positivity and growth mindset and a, and a, and a, and a, know, and a knowing that I stuttered on my no, 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 know that what you're doing is right. If it truly is right and you know, don't be like, well, Jesse, I thought eating 17 pizzas was right because you told me it was. Come on, guys. Let's use some common sense here. You know if it's right and you know if it's within that integrity, gratitude, humility triangle I've talked about. You know if you are living your best self when you do it. And if someone's trying to tell you that you're, that you're not worthy and that what you're doing is a waste of time, you go let them do whatever they want with their time. This is your life. You've spent enough of it with a needle in one hand and a straw in the other and a bottle of booze in your belly. Whatever it is that you are addicted to, you are through that, you are over that. And if you're not already where we're at, you're getting there. And by God, you deserve all the pats on the back that one deserves for being able to overcome addiction. Because it is freaking hard over here. Watching my language. All right. I hope you guys have taken some positive stuff from that. Emotional self-regulation. Ask yourself, why are they saying this? And control the amount of information you're giving them about what you're doing. Check the show notes out over on Podbean. You can find a quick link to that in my Instagram by hitting my Shoreby link in my bio. And by all means, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you're thinking about this. By God, the power of positive energy, guys. You send it out there, your life will, will flow. All right? You release positive energy into the universe and your life will flow. Do not let other people drag you back into their world. That is no longer an option for you. Nada. All right, that's it. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I got super pumped, super jazzed. I just blew through 30 minutes right there. I cannot believe how quickly that went. As always, take care of one another. I love you dearly. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you think about this. Please subscribe, rate, review on me. Anywhere you listen to this podcast, Spotify, thank you. I'm at 22 countries now. Thank you, everybody who's listening to me on Spotify and iTunes and and all the other listening apps. Please go on there, subscribe, rate, review. Tell everybody that you love this show, that you value what I bring to you. And by all means, start a conversation with me over on Instagram. I love it when people do that. Bless you all to the power of the positive energy release and flow. See you soon. Bye-bye.